All right, I'm not going to put you through a blow-by-blow of these impeachment hearings because it's going to put you to sleep. And quite frankly, that's, that's not good for our ratings. But what is interesting is that the Dems are finally taking off their mask and admitting, oh, no, this isn't actually about any impeachable offenses. <laughs> Wait, you thought this was about an impeachable offense? No, this is about preventing Trump from winning in 2020. And we'll do just about anything we need to do to accomplish that, including making stuff up if we have to. Isn't that right, Adam Schiff? Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez went into the situation room with Wolf Blitzer, that mediocrity, and said, this was not about anything that occurred. No, this was not about anything that Trump did. No, this was about preventing a potentially, quote, preventing a potentially disastrous outcome from occurring next year. I mean, speaking of somebody who could use a better education, I have a potential solution for AOC. It is called Ashford University. You know that master's degree that could help you get ahead in your life or your career or start the career you've been looking for? So what's holding you back? Work? Commuting? Life in general? Say you've started a family and now you have a full-time job. How are you supposed to get that master's if you want it? Well, getting a master's degree is easier than ever now thanks to Ashford University. It's convenient and flexible. Their online master's degree program allows you to learn at your own pace. You can study wherever you're comfortable learning one course at a time. Ashford University's six-week-long courses allow you to take one course at a time. So being enrolled in one class at Ashford means you are considered a full-time student. You don't need standardized tests. They are fully accredited by the WASC Senior College and University Commission. You can achieve your master's degree while balancing work and home life. So start earning your master's degree today. Enroll now by going to ashford.com edu slash whb that is ashford.edu slash whb to start your master's degree today ashford.edu slash whb okay so aoc she let the beans spill so I think that all of this is, is game for investigation, but we also need to move quite quickly because we're talking about the potential compromise of the 2020 elections. And so this is not just about something that has occurred. This is about preventing a potentially disastrous outcome from occurring next year. This is about preventing a disastrous outcome from happening next year. Did you guys hear that? That's what she said. So in other words, this is about doing everything we can to get him out of office because, I don't know, maybe it might be a little bit easier if we do that for one of our candidates to beat Pence. But it's no secret. They've been telling us this all along. No, it's no secret. Earlier I said they've taken their masks off, but no, they've actually, their masks have already been off for a while. Because remember when Rashida Tlaib said this. We're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother when she said that, did she clarify on what charges? No, of course not. And still to this day, they don't know. Quote, lawmakers haven't decided yet. This is from October of this year. Lawmakers haven't decided yet whether they should focus solely on Ukraine or write a broader indictment of the president. From day one, from day one, folks, they have been looking for anything they have been looking for everything 
to get him out. AOC supported impeaching him before she even got into office. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is getting him out. And one of the loudest voices, of course, as you know, from the beginning on this one, has been this one. Impeach 45! Impeach 45! Don't forget who he is! But why does she want to impeach 45? I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. He's not working in the best interests of the American people. His motives and his actions are contemptible. They're contemptible, guys. They're absolutely contemptible. I mean, I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. Maxine, you got to get a little more specific than that, Congresswoman, if you want to impeach him. High crimes and misdemeanors. You know the thing in the Constitution? I don't like this president. I don't respect this president. Now, Congressman Al Green, he launched actual impeachment articles. And in those articles, oh, he was just as precise in his charges as Mad Maxine. We can impeach this president for his bigotry in policy that is harming our society. He's harming our society, guys. He's harming our society. Impeach. So then eventually they had to get their stuff together and eventually they actually attempted to find more concrete reasons to impeach him. And so da -da 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 -da, they landed on Russia. I pose the question of whether the Trump campaign colluded with Russia in any aspect of its influence operations. So they did that for uh, about two years and then a bit of bad news for the Democrats came out. The Mueller report has arrived with no further indictments, according to a senior DOJ official. That is it. No one else will be indicted in this investigation for collusion or anything else. So to repeat, after all of this, years of it, not a single American citizen has been charged with anything related to Russian conclusion. Not one person. Oof. Swing and a miss. That's not good. But nevertheless, they persisted. Good old Maxine kept on trying. If the information about this president and his involvement with Russia and Putin and the oligarchs and the Kremlin, and if we but look at Mueller's report and see uh, where he clearly defines that he's obstructed justice, that people will increasingly come to the conclusion uh, that impeachment is inevitable. Yes, if we, if we look into the document that exonerated the president, that completely said that he was not guilty of collusion, I'm sure that we can find that place, you know, where the conclusion can clearly become impeachment, right? No. So that didn't work out for them. And so while that was happening, other Democrats were scrambling, working on a backup impeachment plan. Concerns that Donald Trump will use the White House to enrich himself and his family seem to grow by the day, despite Trump's previous claims that he can be both a businessman and the president. Congressional Democrats are calling for an investigation into what has become a growing web of potential conflicts of interest spanning the globe. He's a constant emolument magnet. He thinks of himself, I think, as a babe magnet, but he's really an emoluments magnet. So funny, bro. So funny. Now, emoluments, of course, is the thing that says no officer 
No politician of the United States can benefit economically from a foreign government or its corporations. Never mind the fact that Trump spent what? Remember that an hour having his lawyer? It was some of the worst TV ever because it was so specific and so detailed, explaining exactly how he would not violate any of those clauses. So that was another bust. So, hmm, what else? What else? What else can we impeach him on, guys? What else can we do? How can we accomplish getting him out of office? How else can we accomplish this coup? Can we get him for stripping John Brennan of his security clearance? Can we get him for family separation? Can we impeach him because, because of his alleged payments to Stormy D? Vanity Fair reporting the Democrats' impeachment strategy is to bring back Stormy Daniels. Uh, that's how you know they're getting serious. You know, they're bringing the porn star into the picture. That's how you know this is getting real serious. And now their latest is the Ukraine and the quid pro quo. Uh, a couple of quid pro quos. With the Ukraine president, yes. Now, mind you, we all saw the transcript. We all saw the transcript, and yet we're being told we have to know what all of these no-names had to think about what another person told them about the transcript that we've all seen. And so they know that's not going to work. And that is precisely why Adam Shifty Schiff had to go up during a hearing and literally make up an entire account. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it. On this and on that. I'm going to put you in touch with people, not just any people. I'm going to put you in touch with Attorney General of the United States, my Attorney General, Bill Barr. He's got the whole weight of the American law enforcement behind him. And I'm going to put you in touch with Rudy. You're going to love him, trust me. You know what I'm asking, and so I'm only going to say this a few more times, in a few more ways. And by the way, don't call me again. I'll call you when you've done what I asked. He just made it up. He just made that up. They've now resorted to making stuff up out of, sin, out of thin air. Not a single word of that happened. Schiff's account was as accurate as a Dr. Seuss book. So Dr. Seuss takes the stand, and then we have to sit here and discuss these impeachment hearings as a serious matter, pretend it's something that is crucial to the health of the republic. Give me a break. It's so clear what this is, and this is exactly what AOC admitted to. It's not about something that occurred. It's not about something that Trump did. No, it's about preventing what everyone knows what will happen in 2020, and that is a Donald Trump victory. Meanwhile, they're not getting anything else done. The most important issues for voters, the things that voters put them into office to accomplish, they're not doing. The most important issues for voters, and this is according to Gallup, healthcare, the economy, immigration, gun rights, Taxes, foreign policy, tariff policies, and hell, if you're a leftist, you should be pissed too, because your issues are being neglected as well. In women's issues, climate change, those are all being thrown to the wind due to these ridiculous impeachment hearings, and it's time for our politicians to stop playing games and get back to work. 
One of Donald Trump's biggest promises is that he was going to bring our troops home and put an end to the endless wars. He was right to pull our troops out of northern Syria, even when you had Nikki Haley saying, bomb them, bomb them, bomb them. But we are still all over the Middle East. And the president isn't the only one who realizes that these wars don't benefit you. They don't benefit the average American. But you know what? War makes a lot of people very rich. So Congress is in no hurry to stop the foreign intervention. So our congressional correspondent, Nate Madden, caught up with Tyler Lindum, a Navy vet and co-founder of the Bring Our Troops Home, Amen, Bring Our Troops Home group, who is in D.C. to push Congress into supporting the president's agenda. You know the thing that the American people voted on? The president's agenda of ending endless wars. Watch. American forces have been in Afghanistan for over 18 years now, and it seems like there's no end in sight. A group called Bring Our Troops Home is trying to change that. I spoke with the group's co-founder, Tyler Lindholm, who's not only a Navy veteran, he's also the majority whip in the Wyoming House of Representatives, about what his group is trying to do and how they're trying to bring our troops home. You're a Navy veteran, you're an elected official, and you're dedicated to wanting to bring our troops home, particularly from Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is, this is, I think, an issue that most people really resonate with, or at least folks back in Wyoming, and I'm sure folks here. Um, and it's just, once once you talk to folks and you, you remind them, hey, we're, we've been in Afghanistan for 18 years. Yeah. We have no achievable goal, and we're operating on a 2001 resolution that was meant to be temporary. I think most folks are like, oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, 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 it's bringing attention to that. It's bringing attention to um, multiple things, too. You know, the, the suicide rates that are currently happening with our, our veterans that are coming home after serving overseas are horrendous. And I think uh, most folks get that, uh, that that is because of what they're doing over in Afghanistan. Why do you think that we're still in Afghanistan, in your own view? I think it's money. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think I think the only reason that we're currently still in Afghanistan is there's no original thoughts that are happening on Capitol Hill anymore. Our congressmen are asleep at the wheel no, because they know that the American people are asleep on this issue. And so that's part of me coming to Washington is I'm hoping that the American people will wake up to this issue. I'm hoping my vet, my fellow veterans will join me in speaking out and speaking for our brothers and sisters that are currently being deployed over there. I mean, let it let it not rest in anyone's mind that there there are kids that are born after 9/11 that are in Afghanistan right now. Mm -hmm. That is just nuts. One thing that we hear often from the the foreign policy establishment here in Washington D.C. Right. is that if we get out of Afghanistan too soon, they never tell us how soon it's too right. soon. If we get out of Afghanistan too soon, right. then the Taliban will take back over. All hell will break loose. It'll create uh, power vacuums and all sorts of terrible things. What's your response to those kinds of arguments that we just can't leave yet? Right, so um, when we're talking about the Taliban, the first thing to note for those types of folks, most of them are neocons or war hawks of some type. Um, the first thing to note is that the Taliban's numbers are actually bigger than they've ever been right now. So the, the Taliban has grown under this current policy that we're utilizing. So us pulling the troops out actually has a better chance of actually shrinking the Taliban than our current prospect, which is growing the Taliban. So that's the biggest aspect right off right off the get-go. But uh, on top of that, we, we can set policy definitions and we can we can hold ourselves accountable to that without actually having troops on the ground. I think we just proved that with Syria 
uh, pulling the troops out of there. Everybody thought that was going to be a horse wreck. And all of a sudden, President Trump has got a ceasefire over there and a deal uh, that, that was brokered between the Kurds and Turkey immediately. So you think that was a good outcome in Syria? Yeah, I think it was a great outcome. Yeah. So uh, a similar question about Iraq. You know, we've, we, we've still got advisors. We always have advisors in place, it seems. You know, and we hear the same advice about Iraq. If we don't somehow have a presence there, if we don't have our hand on the situation, that we'll end up with all sorts of chaos and, and, and likewise. Right. What's your, is it the same response? Or? Yeah, same response. I mean, there's the deal. We can, we can actually have diplomatic relations with other countries without occupying them. Mm-hmm. And we can do that through, by utilizing peace, by utilizing a lot of the, the avenues that we can put in place uh, for the Iraqi people, for the, Afghani, the, the Afghani people. And uh, we can only take those measured steps and do those things by acting like adults about this and pulling those troops home. How do you think we ought to make decisions about which foreign situations we actually get our troops involved with? Yeah. Well, I think it's, I, I think it's uh, put in the Constitution. Article mm-hmm. 1, Section 8 of the Constitution lays out that Congress actually has to declare war. Um, and so if we look at what that meant for our founders who wrote the Constitution, and we, we look at when they said declare war, what did that mean at that time for them? And there's, uh, the, you know, the, the just war principles strictly says that, you know, three or four things have to happen. You have to be attacked. You have to actually have uh, a security issue for your people. And so you take those measured steps. Congress actually votes to declare war, whether or not we should go in. And that's the way our, our framers thought we should you know, interact with these other countries. So a just war theory that's debated and then authorized by Congress. Right. Crazy concept. Right? You know, it's, <laughs> it sounds so antiquated and outdated. <laughs> right. right. It is. Right. Yeah. It is. Being a state legislator. Yeah. What one of the solutions you've talked about on your trip here is about working with other state legislatures to use the National Guard to pressure Washington into actually debating and voting on the war in Afghanistan. Right, right. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so I think it's a it's a great constitutional concept. It comes out of West Virginia. Delegate Pat McGeehan's the the original um, author of this legislation. He hasn't gotten pa- gotten it passed in. Uh, uh, West Virginia yet, we're, so we're, we're hoping uh, Wyoming can be the first. And the ideology behind it is we as states, and, and I, I, I think this kind of follows Thomas Jefferson's line of thought um, in regards to we as states can pressure our, our congressional delegation by simply um, stating that without a congressional approval for direct war, um, we as the states are no longer going to deploy our state national guard to these to these battle sites without that congressional approval they're not going and uh, i think that sends a real bold statement especially to the military industrial complex folks that was our congressional correspondent nate madden you can follow him on twitter at nate on the hill as always the white house brief is available as a podcast please subscribe to it rate it and review it because google believe it or not pays a lot of attention to the podcasts with the most ratings and reviews so send a bit of love my way it can't hurt you takes you about 30 seconds and it really helps me out. Just go there, say how amazing, excellent, and how much you love me. And then hopefully our podcast will raise in the charts. Thanks for watching everyone. And we'll see you next time. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief Podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.